living God, for the truth of these words that we have just spoken, we thank you today that in seasons in which we are well and seasons in which we are sick and seasons in which we are awake and alert and seasons in which we are tired, we can still confess because of your great love for us that it is well with our soul. We thank you, Lord, that we stand here today on the last day of, this, of, the, of 2023. And we thank you that during this year, you have once again been faithful to us from beginning to end. Oh God, for all of the ways in which you have made your love known to us, moments in which your spirit has touched our hearts, moments in which you have awakened us from our slumber, in all of the ways that you have been steady and faithful, even those that we have not recognized, we thank you. We are aware, O oh God, that there are many occasions in which we have missed opportunities this year. We are aware that there have been many times in which we have been so sleepful, so dreary, so dreamy, that we have not been awake to your kingdom, which is, which is bursting forth even in our midst. There have been occasions in which you have invited us to new ways of loving our neighbors. There have been occasions in which you've asked us to lift our eyes and notice the world around us. There have been times in which you have invited us to intercede on behalf of the world. And Lord, we've been sleepy and we didn't even notice. So today on this day, oh God, we welcome your forgiveness. And we thank you that in this moment right now, what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us is true. And we can lift our hearts to you, O oh God, and we can say, thanks be to God. Through the grace of Jesus, we are the sons and the daughters of God. Lord, as we look now to a new year, we're asking that your spirit would visit us that you would enliven our imaginations, that you would give us a new perception of what is possible and what is true. We're asking, oh God, that you would, you, would, you would liberate us from the limitations of our imaginations. We're asking that you would awaken us to our blind spots. And we're asking that you would help us to see the possibilities that are ours as we walk with you into the coming world coming year. Oh God, this is your world and we pray for it. We pray for the coming of peace in places like Israel and Palestine. We pray for the coming of peace in places like Africa, Sudan. We, pray, we are praying, oh God, for the coming of peace in the Ukraine and we are praying, oh God, for the coming of peace in America and right here in our community. Mend what is torn. Lord, in all of our ways, help us to love you and to trust you. We are your people. We pray in Jesus' name. God's people said together. Amen.
Our scripture this morning comes from Isaiah 61. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hands, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Good morning, church. My name is Andrew Davidson, and my wife and I are the children's directors here at South Meridian. Can I tell you one of the things I'm excited about today? I am super excited that one of our friends, Messiah, is here with us today. I'm so excited that Messiah is here, and he's, and his family, and he was, he's super excited to be here too, am I right? And so I was explaining to him what Sunday mornings are like, because this is his first time on Sunday, and we have worship together, and then we'll go downstairs together, and he gets this big smile on his face, and he, lo- he says, so you're the kid collector. <laughs> so that's the first time we've ever, it's ever been framed like that, but yes, we're the kid collector. So if you have a child, kindergarten through fifth grade, you, they're welcome to join my wife up here. Uh, we will only collect them until church is over. We'll give them back. <laughs> nice. If you don't show up, we'll come and find you. Nice. So, um, but if you're, if you're kindergarten through fifth grade, please come on up here and join us. Uh, if, you're li- if you're like me at all, sometimes after Christmas and things slow down, sometimes you can feel a little blue or just trying to get, figure out the new rhythm of life again. And I'm feeling that way this morning, mainly because this is the last Sunday for pajamas and kids <laughs> ministry. It's, it's kind of sad that I'm going to have to get up a little bit earlier just to find something to wear. But we've had a great time on Christmas vacation as the new year rolls around. My wife and I were reflecting this morning um, about just our opportunity to be here at South. And two observations we made that I want to say really quick about the people of South is, one, how humble you are, how, great, how gracious and welcoming you've been. You accepted us from day one, and we're so appreciative and thankful for that. And when we've talked with so many of you, there's just this hunger for God and more of God. And so my wife and I are so excited to be able to be a part of this church and thankful for this gift. And that's what we're talking about kids' ministry today. The greatest gift, of course, is Jesus. So if you're a kid, meet us down there. We're going to have a great time. As I looked out this morning, I noticed that we have some friends who are back to be with us this morning. I want to welcome back Linda and Mick Gilliam. 
wonderful to have you guys back this morning. Uh, welcome. So, so friends, uh, I just want to say autobiographically to you that I have been uh, battling some kind of virus this week. I'm still not 100%. If you hear me sounding a little bit off today, more off than normal, uh, that will explain why. Also, I tell you that because I'm just not, I'm, I'm not trying to be aloof today, but I am trying to stand back a little bit just, just in case I'm still contagious. I want to avoid passing along whatever it is that I've had to you. So um, I like you. I just am not going to get too close to you today, okay? I was going to begin today by announcing that today is December 31st, 2023, which means that today is New Year's Eve day, but Kim Ennis already beat me to that, so thanks a lot for stealing my thunder, Kim. <laughs> I was going to tell you that just so to make sure that you all are aware that today is New Year's Eve day and because I wanted you to know that your pastor is up on current events. Today is a day for reminiscing about the last year and for looking forward to the next year. Today is a day for building a bridge that we will cross at midnight tonight from 2023 to 2024. One of the things that I love about this particular day is the opportunity to look back and think about some of the things that I've learned or discovered in the last year. So, for example... I sent a text to my children and my wife this week in which I asked them to think about their favorite new music discovery in the last year, new to them. I got back a couple of replies. Mine, by the way, if you're curious, is a female artist by the name of Allison Russell. You must check her out. Wonderful. And then a couple of days later, I sent out another text about their favorite new discovery in podcasts. If you're curious, mine is... Here's where it gets interesting by Sharon McMahon, politics and etc. Now, apparently, this didn't catch on so well with my, my wife and my children because I got some responses to the first one and none after that. Nevertheless, undeterred, I'm going to send out one more today. What is your favorite new author, new to you author this year? And in case you're curious, mine is Louise Penny wonderful novelist. I strongly recommend her to you. Ah, wonderful, Linda. Wonderful, wonderful. Today's a day for looking back over our shoulder at what has been in the last year and building a bridge to the new one. Today's a day for thinking about where we're going to be going and what we're going to be doing in the coming year. What I want to invite you to do this morning is to think about what some of your intentions for the coming year are going to be. What are some of the intentions for your personal life for the coming year? For exercise, for reading, for your spiritual formation. What are some of your intentions for your life in the coming year? I'm going to be encouraging you this morning to think about some of the ways that you would like to be in our community differently this year than you were last year. How is it that you want to live, those of you who live in Anderson or here in Madison County, how is it that you, or, or wherever it is that you may be from, how is it that you would like to live differently in the community of which you are a part? And this morning, I'm going to ask you to think about how you would like to live differently as a citizen of the world. 
I think that today is an extraordinary gift to us to use our creative imagination to ponder how it is that we would like to be differently in the world. But I need to issue you a warning. This desire to change pace and go a little bit different is harder than it sounds. Because we all came to this space today not simply as neutral people, but we all came to this space today with stuff that's holding us down and stuff that's holding us back. Every one of us, there are no exceptions. We didn't arrive here neutrally today. We came to this place with all kinds of things that are holding us back. We came to this place, for example, with some habits that are holding us back. I don't know exactly how this happened, and by the way, this particular habit that I'm going to mention to you isn't too devastating, but just as an example. I don't know exactly how it is that this happened, but I arrived, I arrived at the beginning of 2024 absolutely convinced that it is impossible to wake up without a cup of coffee. Can any of you relate to that? I have formed habits over the years as a result of which it is now virtually impossible for me to get my day going without a cup of coffee. Thankfully, that is not the worst of all the habits in the world, although when I pour myself my seventh pitcher of coffee, Dawn sometimes argues that that may not be the case. We arrive in this space with all kinds of habits and practices that have become part of our lives that are holding us back as we enter into the new season. We also live in a place we also live in a place that has things going on that are holding us back as, as a people who live in this particular place. Now, we're, some of you are joining us online, and wherever you may be joining us, I invite you to think about the place where you're joining us from. But many of us here are living in Madison County, Indiana, and we have been living in a space that for some 40 years now has been adjusting to the realities of Guide and Delco no longer being here. And we live with the daily reminders of the ways that the economic changes right here in our county have been holding us back. We're living in a county in Indiana that has one of the highest drug and alcohol abuse rates. That's just a fact. And here's a reality that is dragging down our community and that is holding us back. We're living in a community that is one of the lower income communities in, in Indiana. Here's a reality that is dragging many people down and holding many people back. We're living in a community in which there's a very, very, very high rate of the breakdowns of, of families and isolationism. And here are realities that are holding our community down and pulling us back. We don't arrive at this, this place today in a neutral space. We arrive in a place in which there's a lot that's holding us back. And we're living in a society. We're living in a country. Most of us here are Americans. We're living in the United States of America. And there's a whole bunch going on in our nation and in our surrounding states that is holding us down and dragging us back. I, I want to break some news to you. I don't know if any of you are aware of this. We are now entering into a presidential season. Did you know that? Shocking, I know. You have to really go looking for any evidence of it. And I'm going to make a prediction to you. I'm going to predict that in the coming months, we're going to hear vitreos, and we're going to hear language, and we're going to hear rhetoric that doesn't even belong in middle school. And we're going to hear arguments taking place that doesn't even belong on the playgrounds. 
And we as a country are going to be surrounded by all kinds of infighting and backfighting in the coming year. We are surrounded by all kinds of things that are holding us back this year. So, we need some resources by which to enter into this new season in fresh and creative and imaginative ways. You might feel like a little bit like um, the old story of, um, oh my goodness, his name just left me. Uh, the Greek myth about the man, Sisyphus, who was challenged, who was required to push an enormous stone up a hill, and he managed to push it all the way up to the top of the hill, and as he got it right up to the top of the hill, it broke free and it rolled all the way back down again. And Sisyphus ran down and he pushed it all the way back up, and then it broke free and it ran all the way back down again. And this is a story, according to Greek legend, that goes on forever and ever and ever, as poor Sisyphus is always a slave of trying and failing and trying and failing. And sometimes you can feel this way with our efforts to break loose and live differently in this season of the new year. Thankfully, we have some wonderful resources in Scripture that invited us into new ways of being and new ways of thinking. And one of those wonderful resources in Scripture is the passage that Kim just read for us from Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 62. Would you open your hearts again to these words from Isaiah? I delight greatly in the Lord, says Isaiah. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and has arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. If we can feel the weight of things pulling us back and dragging us down, I assure you that Isaiah could too. Times a thousand. This section of Isaiah is sometimes called third Isaiah. This section of Isaiah is addressed to the community of the Jewish people who have returned from exile now and are back in their homeland after being in exile in Babylon for many years. They've returned now to Jerusalem, to Zion, and they've come back excited, delighted with the opportunity to return from what was virtually imprisonment to come back now to their own land. But when they've gotten back, they've discovered that Jerusalem and Judea had been devastated by the Babylonian invading armies. And the temple that was the great symbol of their national center had been destroyed and overturned. And, and the rebuilding of the temple was going to be an extraordinary and arduous task. Their homes had been devastated. Their town had been demolished. Their economics were in utter and absolute upheaval. Imagine moving back into a community and reinventing everything. And this is where the Jewish community was at the time of 3rd Isaiah in these chapters of the late portion of the book of Isaiah. And it is in this setting where they are pulled down and dragged back that Isaiah addresses the people and reminds them, I delight greatly in the Lord and my soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. The beginning of renewal is not in ourselves. The beginning of living differently and making adjustments does not come from ourselves. The beginning of renewal comes when we remember who we are. As God's people, we are agents of renewal, ours and others, 
as we remember that we are the people who are chosen by God, and because we are chosen by God, we are decked out in the garments of salvation. Imagine, as you look around this room this morning, imagine everybody here decked out as though today is wedding day. And all the men are wearing their are wearing their tuxedos, and all the women are wearing their beautiful garments, and imagine that today we are all decked out as though today is wedding day. This is what Isaiah is announcing is true of the people of God at all times. God has adorned us with the garments of salvation. We are not simply a group of people who are struggling to make our way through at the beginning of a new day. We are God's people chosen and called. We are decked out in the garments of salvation. And Isaiah reminds the people of God of the source of renewal. As the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all the nations. As the soil causes the sprout to go, so God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all of the nations. When Isaiah says this, to the people of God, that righteousness and praise are going to spring forth from us, be, be, from us before all nations. Isaiah is announcing to them that there's going to come a time when they're going to fulfill all of their calling and all that God has created them to be. That day is coming. There will be a day in which the nations will look at the people of God and they will say, wow, Notice what's different about them. When they will look upon the righteousness exhibited by the people of God, the right relationships and the power of renewal at work with them, and the nations will announce, look what is true of them. And Isaiah is announcing that this will be true of God's people, but here's the key, friends. It doesn't come from them. As we enter into the new year, I want to invite you and encourage you to turn back to the source of your renewal. Friends, it doesn't start with you. The source of your renewal comes from the creative, beautiful power of God who's with us in the way of Jesus. Here's where we start at the beginning of the new year. We start by recentering our lives and the God who is making all things new. But we don't end there. We don't end there. There are many people who seem to think that we do. There are many people even in the Christian community who think that. We simply end by remembering that we turn and center our lives on God who is the source of making all things new. But we were not created for passivity. We have a role in this business too. And that's where the next verses of Isaiah come in, verses 62, verses 1 and following. Listen carefully, please. For Zion's sake, Zion, by the way, is the, is the hill upon which the temple in Jerusalem was built. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet till her righteousness shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your righteousness, and all the kings will see your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. But Isaiah announces, all of these things shall become true. But in the meantime, 
Isaiah says, I will not be silent. Here's the prophet engaging in active righteousness on behalf of the community and on behalf of the world. Here is Isaiah centered in the love of God, which is the source of all creative transformation. Here is Isaiah announcing, I will not be silent. We are called, we are called to be active. Friends, one of the most stunning realities of Scripture is that again and again and again and again, the Bible shows us that we are co-creators with God. Oh, it's stunning. It's stunning. The God who is the creator of all that is, that has called everything into being, has called the human family to a particular task. And the human family, God has called to the particular task of, of being stewards of creation and stewards of God's work in the world. In other words, in other words, you and I are called to be co-creators with God. We are called to be active. What you and I do in the coming year, what we do with our lives, what we do with our bodies, really, really, really matters. We're called to be co-creators with God. At the end of this year, at the end of this year, your life might in some ways be better than it is today. You might have overcome some habits that have been part of your life that have been not been helpful. Your life could be better at the end of this year. At the end of this year, the community in which you live could be better than the one that, that you live in today. It could be, in some significant ways, better than it is today. At the end of this year, the world in which we live could show the manifestation of the active work of God's people, but it will only happen if we do it. I've grown to really appreciate a phrase that is used by the Catholic teacher Richard Rohr who speaks about the importance of contemplation, that is, a prayerful life and activity. Contemplation and activity. When this priest is asked which one of those words is more important, prayerfulness or being active, when he's asked what is the most important word in the phrase contemplation and action, he responds, and. We're called to prayerful lives. We're invited to be a people who are centered in the love of God made known in Jesus. We're invited to make space every day of our lives to be renewed by the ground and source of all renewal. And at the very same time, we're invited to go forth and act in the name and in the way of Jesus. Our community is not going to be renewed unless God's people get up and work on its behalf. Our nation is not going to become more civil unless you and I go forth and engage in conversations in which we are civil and kind and wise and good, even with those that we passionately differ with. Our rivers are not going to become clean unless somebody goes out and cleans them. Our air is not going to become more pure unless someone thinks about how to live differently. The renewal not, will not happen unless we go forth and act in the name and the way of Jesus. So the invitation this morning, friends, is very, very simple. Start with your own life. I hope really, sometime this week, I hope you won't wait too long, I hope sometime this week you will write down some of your intentions for yourself for the coming year. 
Notice the word, by the way. The word intention is very different than the word resolution. The word intention recognizes that there may be some trips and some failures along the way. Resolution is all or nothing. Resolution is, I'm going to make this change, and if I don't make it, then everything is failed. And intention recognizes that we need help in the ways that we want to be going. I want to encourage you this week to sit down and jot out some of your intentions for the coming year. What might you like to do with your prayer life in the coming year? What might like you, you might like to do in your study of Scripture in the coming year? What might you like to do with exercise in the coming year? Is that a thing that's too small to consider in the presence of the living God? I hope not. Good heavens, the Lord made our bodies. What might you want to do differently this year to take care of the temple of your body as you move forward into the coming year? What might you want to read in the coming year? I encourage you, friends, to sit down and jot out some of your thoughts for this coming year, and I encourage you to do it in this coming week. How do you intend to live differently? And then, how do you intend to live differently in the community of which you are a part? How do you want to live as a citizen differently? You know, one of the things that's happening in our land right now is that more and more and more people are being formed as consumers. And less and less and less people are being formed as concerned citizens. How do you want to live differently as a concerned citizen this year? How will you do that? Will you find new ways to know your neighbors, new ways to be engaged and active in the community in which you live? How will you do it differently this year? And how will you live differently as a citizen of the world? How will you live as one who's called to steward the creation and care for it so that the next generations will be able to inherit a world and a creation that is for them as well? We're on a bridge to a new year today. And God knows we face all kinds of challenges, baggage that's holding us back personally, baggage that's holding us back in our community, and baggage that's holding us back in our country. But here's the wonderful news, friends. God is with us right here. The source of all renewal is present with us right now. As we turn our lives and center in Him, we will find that a new source of creativity springs forth from us. And that it is our task, as we are led, to act and act and act in ways that bring renewal.